everyone. Welcome to episode 98 of Jen and Millie, where a Gen Xer and a millennial share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. Hi, Hi Tess. Hi, Allie. <laughs> it is great to see you. There is a lot to catch up on. Mm-hmm. I was just in the green room sharing with you about my bird story. That's the least of exciting things that have happened. <laughs> but I wanted to give a little shout out to you. I do this more often than I tell you, but I believe it or not, met some people on a plane. And when I was flying back, they do a podcast, um, husband, wife, lovely humans. They're young. They are debt free living and they just bought like 520 acres of land in Missouri that they are going to together. The two of them build their own home. Oh my goodness. I was so inspired by them just chatting with them, their perspective. And anyway, they have a podcast and I said, wow, well, so do I, but I don't really do anything. (laughs) We just said talk. (laughs) Because they were telling me about their room that they have and, you know, the tech they use. And I said, uh, I just kind of show up and Tess gives me the script and the chat and I talk about things. So we were talking about whether or not we scripted anything. Mm-hmm. And I said, not typically, no. And so I was chatting a little bit with them about what it's about. And they were telling me about, apparently Kelly Rippa has a game show or something out. Okay. Where people, like they share cultural catchphrases oh really and the younger generation tries to figure out what they mean oh my gosh so I was thinking that's an episode to come where um I think we should give our listeners um Mm -hmm. actually some say and some catchphrases that we use but they were talking about apparently she has a game show or something like that I haven't looked into it yet And then I was telling them how sometimes we do word association. Mm -hmm. And in the stories chapter that I've been writing this year, I've been using that as a warm up. And the last stories chapter that I did with Adam, I actually kept it in. And it was in the video anyway. Um, So I do a video, I do a podcast, I do um, a little bit of writing. And I kept the word association in the video. And it's really quite lovely how you get to see his face respond to the word. Yeah. And I was thinking, as I'm chatting with this couple, how I'm getting to see their faces as they are telling me about their journey and their adventure, how they met. Mm -hmm. So, um, Hopefully, they'll be one of my next stories uh, chapters. I love that. Oh, my gosh. But I did brag about you and the way that you just show up and make things easy for me. I really miss you. I miss you in the office space. I had to create a new signature. And today I had to call my lifeline, David. Uh, David is, uh, helps with marketing and, and recruitment for teammates. He is one of the most amazing humans. And I sent him a message and I said, I've worked all weekend trying to get this new signature uploaded. Oh, no. Can you help me? Oh, and no. then can we never talk about this again? <laughs> and oh my 
I got online with him this morning, Tess, and he, he didn't do it for me. I did it myself, but it was like I was in the space of feeling not judged mm-hmm. and confident about my ability, mm-hmm. and I did it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> but I was thinking about how you've always done that, right? You, yeah. you won't do it for me, mm-hmm. but you help me. You help me get it right. And I think those kinds of friends are treasures, but those kinds of friends in the workplace Mm -hmm. are the greatest of gems. So thank you. Oh, of course. I miss seeing you regularly too. It's so weird. I was like um, talking about this podcast with a friend recently and I brought it up and I said, um, you know, less, you know, I was telling her, I was like less, we're doing it like less frequently and um, I feel like most of the time that we hang out now, it's just like trying to catch up on our lives and catch listeners up on our lives because it's just been so chaotic this past year. But, uh, but it's been, yeah, it's been really great. So I miss seeing you regularly too. And, you know, we had our a shorter green room, but sometimes we'll catch up for a while before we even start recording. And it's just like such treasured time to me as well. But I will say selfishly, personally, I'm glad you have someone else for your tech needs because... <laughs> There may be a few more than most people have, so. Well, I I even had Sean over to help, and he couldn't figure it out, so that says a lot. What? Yeah. That's odd. But I, I wondered, um, you know, every once in a while we get new listeners, um, and as I was explaining to the couple on the plane about how this came to be, mm-hmm. And, you know, why we call it Jen and Millie and the things that we talk about, it was, it comes up a lot, actually, probably more than I share with you, where I'm chatting with someone that I know or someone that's new to me about this space. Mm-hmm. Um, my lifelong bestie, Katie, is a, a regular listener, mm-hmm. and when she listens, I usually will get messages from her like oh my gosh what you had brunch with Matt and <laughs> and I'm like we should probably figure out a way for us to for communicate them. Katie that you don't learn this like, stuff yeah, through the podcast apart from the podcast yeah <laughs> right but she was listening to it at the lake um and her family was around and her son JP said and now believes that I'm famous because I have And I said, no, just tell him that I'm really wordy and I'm lucky that people give me some space to use verbal exuberance. Um, But as I was chatting with some friends this last weekend at the lake, friends of Katie's, but now friends of mine, just how grateful I am that we've continued to do this Mm -hmm. because they were kind of asking deeper questions like, oh, so you don't work together anymore. And mm-hmm. I said, no, and, and distance has created some of that space, but we've been creative about how we continue these conversations. And mm-hmm. um, someone asked me if we ever struggle to come up with topics. <laughs> said, Never. No, if anything, we we're don't. like, yeah, we have a very long list of topics. <laughs> and this week we want to chat a little bit about a mid-year check-in with our word. I was um, right over 
the 1st of July, I was hosting my best friend from Omaha. She came to visit me here in DC and um, she does a word of the year. A lot of my friends do a word of intention of the year. And, um, and I was like, I mean, my goodness, I can't believe half of the year is done already. Like, it just seems like, I mean, I'm loving and enjoying all of life right now, but it also is going by so quickly, despite a uh, commitment to being like really present and being able to be really present in my own life right now. And, um, and we were talking and I had asked her about, you know, her word of the year, how are things going? Um, we just did, you know, our normal, like check in, how are you doing mind, body, spirit? Um, and I asked her about her word of the year and she was like, Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm going to really need to think on it. And so she's like, so tell me about where you were at with your word of the year. And we were like, why I'm trying to remember. I remember the exact street we were on in DC when we were walking I'm like such a visual, visual person. So I remember the street we were on. I can't remember where we were going or where we were coming from when we were having this conversation, but I remember the street we were on and, um, I drew a blank. I could not remember my word of the year. I know you're looking at me. <laughs> if listeners could see visual clues, Allie's eyes are as wide as I've ever seen them and her hands are over her face. I could not remember my word of the year for the life of me. And I was like, I remember the intention. I remember the why. I remember the purpose behind my word, but the word could not come to me. It was like several minutes and I was getting so mad at myself. <laughs> And I was like, I chose my word so intentionally and prayed and journaled and contemplated this word so much. And, um, I mean, it came to me, my word of the year is equilibrium. Right. But I was like, equilibrium, I know, equilibrium. I know. I know. It, it came to me eventually as we were walking and it was in the course of like, we were trying to remember the first time that each of us set intentions for the year, like words of the year. And we were trying to do the whole, like, walk it back what year was, you know, which word was for which year, you know, in our past and, and kind of do a little bit, we did a little bit of like a, a, a walk through our words of the years and what happened during those years. And, um, it was just a really cool conversation. But then when we got to like this year and where we're at, I was like, Oh my gosh. But then I said, I don't think I've ever been more overtly and covertly manifesting my word than I am I don't think I've ever have in previous years as I have been this year. And it was a really funny and paradoxical reality that I could mm-hmm. not <laughs> recall my actual word, uh, like right off the tip of my tongue, um, because it's been so manifested in, in my life naturally and intentionally. And that doesn't mean previous words of the year, integrity and hope and waiting well and contemplation. Like these other words that I've had, doesn't mean that they haven't, um, that they haven't shown up in my life in really real ways. I mean, we've had conversations every year about that reality in this space and they've shown up very vividly in my life in previous years, but not in a way that was so effortless and seamless as this year has been which is, I think, so ironic given the fact that my word for the year is a personal goal I struggle with the most. And that's kind of why I chose it. So once again, here is the universe, spirit, divine, whatever you believe, if you believe, um, showing up and slapping me across the face like it does. Um, Because the word that I thought was going to be the hardest has 
brought me the most joy and the most ease. And, and I love that. And so I just, in striking balance, in finding equilibrium, in balancing out these tensions and these conflicting um, sources of energy and time that I have had unbalanced in the past, in, in naturally striking a better balance, in being more intentional about it, in naturally finding that, um, I have found so much ease and as a result, joy um, in how it has shown up in my life. So that's where I'm at. I was so mad at myself for forgetting my word. And then I was like, it's crazy because it's actually shown up more than I could have ever. And in such an easier way than I ever would have thought it, it could have. I think, well, first of all, yes, I was stunned because context. I know. <laughs> I remember so, a lot of things. And that's why I was like so mad at myself. Those who are new to the podcast, uh, not only do we talk about generational differences, we also talk about our Gallup strengths, heavily focused on our top five. Mm -hmm. We spend a lot of time really investigating and discovering the nuances of those, those talent themes. And we also talk pretty heavily about intentionality, and that includes our words of the year. I felt such relief when you said that, that you forgot, because recently I'm kind of coming to terms with my scatteredness mm-hmm. and I'm doing too much. I mean, I know that I'm doing too much. This last week I gave intentional pause and rest and like didn't even do my workouts and didn't do my very structured routine that I like to believe that I don't follow because I'm, you know, a gypsy. Um, I have found that the more that I lean into truth and reality for me, Mm -hmm. instead of fighting it, the less scattered I become, but I've been so scattered. So we were, Lauren came out, Sean and Shanna all moved in. Lauren came out to visit I intentionally surprised my friend Sherry, who didn't think I was coming to the lake. This would have been the first time I missed the lake, and I don't even, I can't even look back. We we tried to look back as to how many years we've been doing it, and we've got pictures of, you know, toddler Lauren in oh Katie's gosh. lap on the boat. So I looked at flights. They were going to be outrageous. Lauren decided she was going to come out to see Sean and Shanna. I rode home with Lauren mm-hmm. and then took a one-way flight back surprised my friend Sherry, which was lovely because you can't surprise that girl. And what I did is I hid under the deck of the lake. So when you arrive at the lake, um, and this is my friend Katie's beautiful family space that we've, we've really grown up on and our kids now have grown up on. I hid underneath the deck. When you come up onto the, um, to the two homes, there's a big deck that everybody sits on and that's kind of how you walk up and announce yourself when you get there. So Lauren was seated and I was hiding underneath the deck and my friend Sherry sees Lauren and says, Oh my gosh, what? And Lauren goes, surprise. She goes, but my mom and Katie's I'm hearing all of this. Mm -hmm. And Katie says, that Allison, I just, what is it with her lately? I asked Lauren, like, does she have, does she have a boyfriend or something? Like, why are we not seeing her very much? And Sherry 
starts into this oh rant of, I don't know how many times she's been back to Nebraska and I've not seen her once. And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, oh I got to <laughs> stop this. So I go running up the steps and the only thing Lauren captured was me coming around and mm-hmm. she, you can't see Sherry, but her, her look of, of shock and awe, mm-hmm. it was quite lovely. But during the drive, okay, so Lauren and I leave Friday and we've got seven beautiful hours in the car together. We're about to Fort Morgan, so that's about an hour. Mm-hmm. And I believe I forgot my wallet. Oh, Allie. So I say, oh shit, I forgot my wallet. This is not the first time that I've done this. I've actually had to push back a flight. My, one of my flights to Austin, I had to push back because I got to the airport and forgot my wallet. Oh my and Lauren's like, and you know how Lauren reacts. <laughs> misorganized she's like you've got to be kidding me she's like mom how could you forget your wallet and I said well it's in my purse which I don't bring when I travel I just bring this big tote and I have a list of things to look at to remember I didn't look at the list because I was so busy frankly having her in my space and so I got out of my routine of looking at my list so she's like, well, you're going to have to call Sean and they're going to have to FedEx it. And so we, you know, I'm about in tears, but I'm thinking, okay, we got to figure this out. Cause I can't fly home. This is more than just like not having my debit card. Yeah. I can't fly home. So I text Sean, Sean, can you come and can you go to the apartment, go to USPS and we'll overnight it. It's going to cost me like a hundred bucks. Sean's like, this is not my problem. <laughs> you are so scattered. Both kids are just frustrated as I'll get out with me because I'm so scattered and Sean's like mom like what is what the hell with you like you can't remember shit lately and you're not able to keep track of this and it's not my problem that you can't do this and I I'm not going to figure it out you'll have to ask Shanna so I asked Shanna and Shanna of course is like fret fret none dear I will go and get it and I will take it and but still I'm I'm really distraught Tess, we get another hour down the road. Now, I would have had Lauren turn around had she been willing. Mm-hmm. It's in my bag. The wallet is in my bag. Mm-hmm. I have zero recollection of putting it in there. Zip. I mean, not, it's a little like embroidered, pretty little wallety thing. It's aesthetically pleasing. You know when you feel it and see it. I have no recollection of putting it in my bag. And I'm like, oh my God, I have it. I text the kids. I'm like, I'm sorry. And Lauren, and I know she doesn't listen, so I can say this. She just went into this rant and she said, I'm frankly concerned. You are so scattered. You can't keep track of things. You're so forgetful. Your shit's everywhere. You're a mess. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, yeah, I kind of am. I have been for an entire lifetime so rigid, so planny, so tightly wound that I knew where everything was, not just for me, but for everybody that I had to take care of. Mm-hmm. I did not forget things. I was actually the one who would bring your things. This is a new chapter. And in that new chapter, which is my word, chapter is my word of the year, is a different story. And that is a story of lack of responsibility that I am 
frankly, so unfamiliar with that I'm kind of stumbling into. So I'm sorry to everyone that I let down and that I disappoint because I'm no longer packing your sandwiches and I'm no longer planning your summer schedule and I'm no longer figuring your shit out for you. But I'm actually stepping into choices for me and with that will come some forgetfulness. But it's a relief to me (laughs) to hear that you might forget or stumble to remember because Mm -hmm. I was immediately in my shame head of you're getting older, Allison. This is what changes in hormones do. There's a whole piece of research around um, ADHD and menopause. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of all this. I'm also thinking, you know, you don't have these strengths. I have a narrative that says my brain doesn't work like that. Mm. That's not true. My brain just hasn't had to work like that. But it's also been in crisis mode of everyone is dependent on me. Oh, and crisis mode, not just crisis mode. And I'm, I'm, I just finished 13 weeks of how to do the work with Nicole LaPera. It was life changing. Um, very helpful. But when I take a broader look at what I have walked through, there is some significant trauma, Mm -hmm. particularly in what was my marriage. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that I really understood how much I was busy trying to control chaos Mm -hmm. every single day that the peace that I have found, the joy that I have found, especially in the last few months, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I, I'm not on vacation. <laughs> this is actually my life now. Yeah. I'm not on a trip. I'm not away from it. This is actually my life now. Mm-hmm. And it's peaceful. And there's some really solid energy that I am giving and receiving and with that is some brain shifting yeah and so the grippiness has really like I'm understanding the grippiness and the more I learn to let go I'll forget my wallet Hmm. I think that this is a great new chapter that I'm embarking on there have been some amazing stories to come But I think as I've been reflecting on my word of the year, I've been more aware of previous chapters and what they've taught me Mm -hmm. and the importance of being able to let them go. So I was not sure where you were going with this story and how it was connecting to your word of the year. But of course, eloquent communicator that you are, you were able to draw the messy triangle to the point of the apex of it, Um, which brought us to the connection, of course, to your word of the year. I frankly am a little bit shocked because your definition and intention for the word chapter was very externally focused. And your entire description today of the midway point of this intention for the year has been internally and retrospectively focused. Tell me about that shift. Well, I think, Tess, part of it is what I've learned from other people. 
Mm. in hearing other people's stories, I've learned really valuable lessons and perspectives, but also different ways of doing things. Um, I have, you you can't see this, but I have a um, dry erase board that now, instead of the to-do list, has, I'm assigning points, heart points, to what I need to get done. Okay. Because, and I learned this from uh, someone who's in project management. He was like, how much energy is that going to take out of you? And I go, what do you mean, like hours? And he goes, like, no, don't just look at it as hours. Like, what does it take, Allison, energy-wise? Mm-hmm. So I've got heart points now that I assign, you know, how much is it going to take for me to line up this panel for the program? Co- I have a panel of program coordinators coming in to talk about best practices. Awesome. Uh, the strengths blog that I'm writing for conference. So conference has its own area, and then I've got points, little dots, and then the other things that I'm working on in the learning management system that I'm finishing. And then there's a whole section for personal. And what I'm trying to do, equilibrium, is balance out. Mm -hmm. Because for so long, I have been giving a thousand of me to work. And I'm trying to make sure that I have balance so I can look at the actual heart points, energy, heart energy. Mm that I'm giving to something. I'm planning a um, tailgate for Lauren is coming out to go to, they used to be called Dixie Chicks, now they're called the Chicks. Mm -hmm. Lauren's coming out to that concert. She got one ticket, one ticket only. So she's going to the show, but I'm planning a tailgate party. That's on here because that's gonna take some heart energy for me to arrange and plan and do invitations and all of that kind of you know thing. I hadn't taken the time to think about doing that. Mm-hmm. It gives, you should have seen me last night, I'm putting this together and I'm like, oh God, this is gonna be a really productive week. Mm-hmm. I learned that from someone else's mm-hmm. um, normal. Yeah. And I think in doing the story or uh, Adam's story, uh, he talks all about counterbalance, mm-hmm. that a ballerina isn't really balancing. She's practicing counterbalance because she's fighting gravity. Um, he talks about working hard, playing hard. So that part of the stories was really significant. Cal's story was tremendously mm-hmm. significant. Um, and then Chad and Jamie's story, they have a beautiful love story about how they met and how music has, has kept them together. It's given me more tools, I guess. And so halfway through the midpoint of the year, I'm just applying some of the tools that I've learned from other people and their stories um, to try to be, as always, a better version of me. That's beautiful. It's so true. So when you think about the pause point of not being able to think about think of the word equilibrium Mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit of the panic Mm -hmm. that came over the realization that that word as we always say the word chooses you Mm -hmm. that that word had so carefully chosen you this year that it was actually allowing you to not be in what I would call learner out of balance Mm -hmm. 
Like, what am I, what am I learning? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. How am I tracking this? That it like has yeah. given light and maybe even a little bit of freeing yeah, to your sure. strengths. I mean, totally. And I think about this because, okay, so I've been reading a lot lately. Um, and because I just have so much free time and I wrapped up my summer courses, so I'm reading all of these books that have been on my to-be-read list forever. And um, and then books that, you know, I'm in like social media groups of bookstagram and book talk and things like that, of just like what's trending in books right now. And, um, you know, love, have always loved reading and I'm totally pulling on that, that self. And, but I will tell you, I went into a shame spiral because I've been reading so much fiction. And I know you're rolling your eyes. And so I've just been reading like all of these like cheeky, like rom-coms and mysteries. And I love and have always loved literary fiction and like biographies. And so I'll read those and like not feel like, I don't know, as like bad about reading it. But I, you know, if I'm not like, there's something in me, like the, the scholar, the learner, the intellect, you mm -hmm. know, like all of those strengths in, in my top 10, that's like, if I'm not actively learning some applicable nonfiction fact-based knowledge, like it doesn't seem like, um, productive. Right. And so you're right. The freedom. So this is getting to this, this comment about the freedom, um, found in not necessarily like the, in the rigidity of how my learner has been applied recently because of being in this PhD program. Um, but so I, I was like, oh my gosh, I should really start. I have a lot of nonfiction on my to be read list. Like I really should start plugging away at some of this nonfiction. Um, but I've just been like soaking and loving all of these like fiction you know, books that I've been reading. Um, it took a New York times article about memory and it was a, um, neuroscientist. He said like five things to improve your memory. Um, and you know, that we kind of know that memory deteriorates over time, um, but it doesn't have to. And so he's, you know, he's written many books, one of which I ordered and will be reading a nonfiction book. But, um, you know, he did an interview with the New York Times and basically said, like, here are five things that you can do to um, keep your memory really fresh or, or warning signs that you can look for. Basically, like everybody's memory could naturally decay as they get older, but it doesn't have to if you're intentional about it. And it was like things I've, I've heard before, like about like your diet, what you eat, maintaining health, exercise, things like that. Sleep. Um, doing puzzle. Yeah. Sleep hygiene, doing like puzzles or challenging your brain on any given day, like things I already like, like to do, enjoy. One of them I was blown away by is read more fiction and the i need to like um describe because it's I a think story I, it it's is a story and and basically the conclusion of this neuroscientist was i think i screenshotted it um dr restack i want to give him credit he said one early indicator of memory issues is giving up on fiction he said, quote, people, when they begin to have memory difficulties, tend to switch to reading nonfiction. Over his decades of treating patients, Dr. Restack has noticed that fiction requires an active engagement with the text, starting at the beginning and working through the end. Quote, you have to remember what the character did on page three by the time you get to page 11, he said. And I was just absolutely blown away by this a little bit because... I like 
the fact that he starts out that section by saying when you give up on fiction and only read nonfiction, like that's when you start to see like that is that memory issues. And I, I'd never thought about it that way. And it's, it's so silly. And I was like, I should be okay with enjoying reading a lot of fiction. Like I should just be okay with that. Right. But it took this like neuroscientist expert to come in and say, this is actually really good for you and a productive use of your time in order to keep your memory strong to allow me to say, okay, I'm going to continue to read fiction. Like I have been all summer and really enjoy it. And that's where like, well, what, it, it all need, it, it all comes down to balance. Mm-hmm. Tess, I mean, yeah, it's totally, you need, you need mm-hmm. to rest yeah. like to recharge. And sometimes that rom-com st- kind of stuff is, it's like letting your brain kind of mm-hmm. think, but not as hard. Yeah. And what I would challenge you to do is think about the fiction that you've read mm-hmm. over the years. And can you go back and tell the story mm-hmm. of that book? I'm, I can't always. I, I'm so in it at the moment yeah. that then I leave it and I move on to the next one. However, I believe that I believe that Midnight Library is going to stay with me for life. Mm-hmm. But so it's, it's <laughs> not a mystery to me mm-hmm. that sometimes when we're reading nonfiction, that a fiction book will show up for us that will teach us the lessons sure. of yeah, the actual point. learning that we're obtaining. And that's what happened it, with Midnight Library and, and how to do the work, yeah. you know, parallel universe and <clears throat> thinking about your choices. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I had somebody ask me the other day that like, oh my gosh, you read so much, but like how much are you actually retaining? And I think with these stories, they're so, it, there are some that like, I'm like, okay, I gave a one star to that. Like that was not really worth the time that I took to read that. And I wouldn't read it again or recommend it. And so I think I, am able to sever unconsciously like let that story go a little bit but the stories that really capture me capture my attention which is most of what I'm reading I mean I'm only reading stuff that's like highly recommended or people are absolutely loving you know on in the you know social media discourse about what's what's um you know what's really popular in books right now um and all of it I mean I can you know I can still I read Midnight Library last year it was one of my book awards for the year and I can still walk you back through that story like very vividly and in detail even though I've read you know 80 to 90 books since then you know like up at at this point and so um you know it's the stories that really capture capture my attention that I can you know give in great detail and I think seeing that parallel not only with memory recall and I hadn't really thought about fiction that way as as compared to nonfiction, where it's like there are stories and resuscitation of facts and information that that you might be able to take away with it but fiction relies on your memory uh, of the building of the story of what comes antecedent to the climax you know all of these things that like it's necessary to to have some sort of background to get to that point um and it's been a really I don't know just like Yeah, I don't even know. I'm rambling at this point, but I think it took like an expert in (laughs) neuroscientists to give me the grace to say, okay, if I was more intentionally and that made me reflect on like my word of the year, you know, of equilibrium, 
had I been applying that more readily, right, and presently in my life, I could have maybe extended and afforded myself that grace earlier. Um, but what I love about the fact that I couldn't recall my word of the year, right? and I know you're going to call me out on what I just said, but what I'm where I'm going, I can see it in your face. Where I'm going is the fact that I could not readily recall my word right away. Upon reflection, I know it was due to the fact that it's embodied in my life presently and seeing the kind of health that I have in the balance socially and in my energy and in my learning is has brought about even more even more of an energy to continue like even more of a drive and a purpose and a confirmation of continuing this intention through the year and I think it will be more of a challenge when fall semester starts for me because it's a little bit of a heavier load although spring semester was very heavy for me as well but I had like I I think mentioned on the podcast at the end of spring semester um, I had the most fun and easiest finals I have ever had in my entire academic career (laughs) this past spring semester because I took breaks and I spent time with my friends and I balanced my own super high expectations of myself myself with what my professors were expecting as like high quality work and knowing that that maybe it's okay to just meet my professor's expectation and not these elevated expectations I have above and beyond that so not only balancing expectations externally versus internally balancing time and energy and focus and and so while I was very mad at myself and my memory for failing me in this instance, when it doesn't tend to do that, it has allowed me to say and to identify the fact that it's because I'm living it and I'm being present to the umph degree more than I have been at a, in a lot of other areas of my life. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. You're right. Maybe ever. And the word comes to teach us. Right. Mm-hmm. The word, cho- I believe that, that the word chooses us because there are lessons to, to like, be learned. Come on. You just have to know that connectedness. I was going to name it. <laughs> I don't know that I it would is. use I do not know that I would use the word chooses us. Well, I think, well, when I look back at my timeline, I was trying to find that of the words that I have chosen because I have to look back. And I think I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I actually spent an entire mm, probably about 30 minutes believing that I was 37 a few weeks back. I actually thought I was 37 years old because there's no way I can be 47. So I, I had about 30 minutes where I was like, I'm, I'm 37, right? Math is hard for me, number one. Number two, so is my, my memory. But when I look back at, at my word of the year, you can, you can see a timeline of lessons. So I can only go back to 2014 is what I can find when I started naming it. 2014 was love. And that was the year that my daughter graduated and the year that I moved and the year that I really surrendered to the concept of I got engaged. Um, Love. Mm -hmm. 2015 was release. 2016 was give. 2017 was Hugay. 2018 was present. 
in 2019 was worth. And I don't know that I could have had better lessons around that word throughout the year. Very unexpected. Like we're talking about a word of the year that I chose that showed up to teach me that I had no idea what was going on in my life when it came to worth. Ooh, and the sirens show up just in time. 2020 was choice. No idea what 2020 was going to look like. I didn't make that decision to move out here until I was past the midway point of the year. Oh, yeah. 2021 was Muse. And wow, that she's with me. She's a permanent fixture. And so midway through the year, the lessons I've already learned from chapter are just beginning. I cannot wait to see what unfolds over the next, the next month. Same, same. How do you anticipate, what do you anticipate for the next few months? For the next, for the, or the second half of the year? If you were to say, gosh, here is how chapter has unfolded in the first half of the year. Like well, I'm you- giving my, my very last new mentor training ever at conference. What? So it's the end of a chapter. Yeah. That'll be my very last new mentor training. I've taken on a new role as director of engagement. Um, this is a very new chapter for me. Um, my, my kids are moving into new chapters as they begin their careers and witnessing that has been quite lovely and learning lessons from them. Uh, Picking up my car today, that's a big new chapter for Allison to have made a decision to purchase a vehicle without anyone's opinion. It, there's a lot of things that are unfolding, I think, wow. that, that I didn't really anticipate. I've been really trying to stretch myself to learn new things. I uh, learned how to paddleboard a couple weeks ago, um, you know, taking on the technology of the stories uh, yeah. series, uh, trying to write a little bit differently. There are chapters that are that are just starting to unfold, and when I think about where I am now, as opposed to where I could have been, had these years not happened, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a great chapter of my life, and it's so independent and free. Uh, I often talk about the joys and tribulations of dating in your mid forties. And I recently had a date where this lovely gentleman said to me, you've said fiercely independent 17 times. I'm fairly sure you are fiercely independent. I haven't really embraced freedom as I am now. So this is a new chapter for me and for everyone in my life who's adjusting to it. And what it looks like, what Allison with boundaries may look like, mm-hmm. sound like. Um, and I, I did this book. I did some really hard work over the last 13 weeks that's helped me tremendously. I would highly recommend those of you who haven't checked out Nicola Perez's uh, work. It is, It has definitely given me an opportunity to change my narrative, which is a big part of, of this word. What do you anticipate with equilibrium? Hmm. 
asked you that question without thinking about my own answer. Um, I, um, I, I think like I mentioned before, I mean, now that I remember what my word is, um, <laughs> um, I, wait a second. Do you think you'll forget it again? I don't know. Do you think you'll forget? Maybe. Is it possible you'll be like down the road and forget it again? But what a lovely place to be when you're just so in being. Yeah. Yeah. That the word radiates and you can't even remember mm-hmm. what it is. I know, right? And that's why I was describing to Alex when she was here. I was like, I, I was like, I. It's so crazy that the word is not coming to me because I. Like you should text me. I just feel, I know. I was, no, it, it came to me, and I would not have let anybody tell me what it was because I was like, that's, you know me. I'm like, do not Google that. Do not look it up. It is, I, it is in my brain somewhere. I just need to go through all of the catalogs in my head real quick. Like, give me a second. Um, I need to sift through the filing cabinets. Um, but uh, I, I think um, the summer, especially the last few months in and earlier when I was in my classes for the summer um even though it was kind of an it was supposed to be an intense month it wasn't all that you know it wasn't all that intense or as intense as I thought it was going to be because I made intentional steps right the 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 purpose the intention behind equilibrium was was for every choice that I make to do something implicitly, I'm making a choice to not do something at the same time, right? Like I make a choice to study. It means I'm making a choice to not spend time with people. Um, if I am making a choice um, to go work out, it means I'm making a choice to not study. If I, you know, whatever it is, I'm trying to find that balance and, and knowing that it isn't just, it isn't just striking a balance. It's about that there's a natural tension inherent in my priorities. And one choice to do something is a choice to not do something else. And so this this summer has been um, filled with a lot more choices of things that I love to do, adventuring and exploring and connection with people. And, um, and it's been lovely and it's reminded me of things that I really enjoy doing not that I forgot that right like I've never not you know known that and um but it's been really neat to have more of a focus on that and so um I feel like I always got tidbits of this during busier school times but I know that I show up better in all spaces of my life as a scholar, as a student, as a TA, in in whatever roles and responsibilities I have to the university, I show up better in that space when I take moments to to find equilibrium with my my soul and my mind and my spirit um, and my body. And then I come back to that space just even better, a better version of myself. And so and it's been such a reminder because I truly, you know, my my strengths are also um, retrospective, like we talk about the time orientation of strengths and, and I have some present focused, I have a few future focused, but most of my strengths are, are reflective, uh, by nature. And so my mind tends to dwell on what has been and taking these intentional steps, taking these not explicit steps of equilibrium has allowed me to be very, very present. And there is, like you said, you'd name the word freedom. There's a lot of freedom in being just very much here, right where I'm at present. Um, and so I think that's really a, something that I anticipate being 
a very positive thing, but also a really challenging thing, especially when the school year starts because my life becomes prescriptive. It becomes based on deadlines. It becomes based on assignments. It becomes based on things that need to be accomplished. And so I'm always thinking about what's coming next, what's the next deadline, what's the next assignment, what's the next book that I have to get through for my classes. And so I think it's going to be more of a challenge come fall. Um, for me and more of probably what I anticipated when I felt drawn towards the word equilibrium for the year. Um, but I think I've gotten such a taste of what beautiful equilibrium is like in my life that I don't really want to let it go. So Tess, I would encourage you to let the word teach you the lessons. Mm -hmm. Let your learner see this word in this year as both fiction and nonfiction that you can absorb. And I would encourage our listeners to do the same is to think about from the perspective of encourage our listeners to think about what lessons are you learning in this year? And if you were to reflect on them from the learning from the, the stories and the fiction and the deep character development and from the facts and the reality and the, the data. Um, for both of us, I think there's a clear blend. The other thing I want our listeners to do is think about how they can help us with some word association words. What are words of your generation that you would love us to use in like, I, I, I envision this as I'll hold up a card and it will say, you know, uh, Captain Kangaroo and you try to figure out what that means. Oh so it's, it's kind of like word association, but it's a game like what's Captain Kangaroo and you cannot do pre-work around it. It has to just come from the gut. Okay. Um, so I would hold up a piece of paper that says Captain Kangaroo. You guess what it means. And then I reveal to you what Captain Kangaroo actually is. Okay. So I would love for our listeners to give generational cultural references to us okay. that we can try out on our next Jen and Millie. I love it. Okay. So reflecting on your word of the year, future casting to where you think your, your word might show up or manifest in, in the second half of the year. And then some generational cultural clues for word association or quiz, quiz type games. Great. Okay. I got it all. There we go. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to episode 98 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed today's conversation, consider sharing this episode with a friend to interact with us and share your responses to the questions and action items we pose uh, you can do so by giving us a follow on instagram that's at jen and millie at g-e-n-n-a-n-d-m-i-l-l-i-e until next time